What's good, Denver? What's good, Denver? How are you? I hope you're doing so good. What's good, Denver is a weekly celebration of culture and discovery and fun stuff to do for kids, couples, singles, and old timers in Denver. I'm the same old Ryan Estes with Electric Tom Donahue, Olivia the Palisade Peach Lorienti, <laughs> <laughs> and the Tony Gwynn of podcasting, of course, Troy Higgins. Uh, hope you guys are doing great. Today's feature is local heroes. So we'll go over all the best events in Denver this week. We'll share highlights from last week. Um, and to follow the show, go to kitcaster.com forward slash Denver. And please subscribe to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Our YouTube game is is stepping up. We've got shorts. We're, we're, get, we're getting after it. And we've got subscribers. So please subscribe to the show. Um, our sponsor today is Wildcast. Wildcast is a podcast advertising platform for the world's iconic technology brands. If you're in SaaS or B2B, your customers are sophisticated and hard to find. Wildcast makes it easy to connect with them on podcasts, particularly business and technology podcasts, where your favorite customers are already going to find tools and solution for their business. Advertisers, go to GoWildcast.com for a free audience roadmap. That's GoWildcast.com. Once again, go wildcast.com and thanks to Wildcast for sponsoring the show. As always, our music is um, by the, the illustrious Troy Higgins. Um, I'm going to jump right into events because I've got a bunch and then we're going to do our uh, feature and then we'll end with this, the stuff highlights from last week. So let me, let me scroll down to mine. So I want to promote this Saturday, the Hootenanny. This is uh, a celebration of owls. Great event for kids. It's at Chatfield. I'm going to read the quick blurb for it. Audubon Nature Center in Chatfield, the Denver Audubon's largest family event of the year and the only owl festival in the Denver metro area. Discover the secret life of owls through live owl demos from nature's educator crafts, activities, and interactive tables for nonprofit partners like Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And I believe this is uh, brought to you by the Division of Wildlife as well. Super cool event. Take the kids, go see the owls. I don't know if you've ever been up close on, on owls. They have a very aggressive face, but largely they're, they're pretty snuggly. They like, they like to snuggle. They're soft. Mm. Very cool. In line with animals and kids, I also want to promote the Reptile Expo, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, but I know that people have to actually get their stuff together and like plan for this. But it's October 14th and 15th at the Crown Plaza. Um, at the Denver Airport Convention Center. Have you guys ever been to a reptile expo? No. Or Repticon? I don't mm, think so. No. no. That sounds They're legendary. Very, what's that? That sounds legendary. They're amazing. It's so cool. I I have a deep desire to have a snake, to own a snake, like mm. a, a constrictor or something cool. I really like um uh bull snakes. Um, but I need like kind of a sleepy one. So I'm thinking I probably won't get a young one. I'll find like an older one that's wants to go somewhere to retire. Cause the thing is, is snakes, they live a long time, you know, but the reptile expo is awesome. They have arachnids, they got centipedes, they got mm. scorpions. They got so many different kinds of snakes. They got these big black snakes that have this iridescent rainbow covering on them. Kind of, they look like, Ooh, yeah. They're, they're super cool. But yeah, definitely check that out. All right. Also Friday, September 29th, the Dazzle is the Ken Walker Sextet. Uh, Ken Walker is a premier bass player 
in Denver, Colorado. He he walks like Ron Carter. He composes like Charles Mingus, and he solos like Ken Walker. Definitely check that out. Saturday at the Fillmore, 6 p.m., Baby Metal, which I saw that, and I was like, dude, I got to get tickets to that. Baby what Metal. What is Baby Metal? Oh, my God. It's the best. Troy, can you pull up some Baby Metal? Yeah. There, I think there's one called like Free Candy or something. They are a shred metal band from Japan that is fronted by three female pop singers. Oh, sick. It is the best thing of all time. It is so incredible. So they're absolutely thrashing. And then they have these like schoolgirls. Well, they're dressed as schoolgirls doing like dance and like singing in harmonies. It's unbelievable. They're, <laughs> they are so fun. And it actually kind of reminded me of like pre-pandemic type stuff because I was that I would go I was doing CrossFit to baby metal I, I got everybody on board at the CrossFit class that like let's listen to baby metal and get after it and they're like mm -hmm. no this is terrible I'm like no no, no. give it two songs mm -hmm. you'll fall in love <laughs> Troy do you got it pulled up two songs yeah later, can you hear like, that this is trash yeah it, it's like extra candy or something like that is there a track this one's called oh. give me chocolate I don't know if we can actually get it in through here. Could I don't we know. retroactively Troy, might, Troy would have to like share his screen or something, but we could throw something in there for can, us to can hear. Can you hear it right now? No? No, mm -hmm. we can't hear it. I wonder if if I played it, if we could hear it in the thing. Let me do it real quick. I think it would probably be me. Who While you look it. that up, I am, I've never been to a reptile expo, but it sounds like there are a lot of things that are not reptiles there. Is it just like Creepy Crawly Expo? Totally. Okay. I, and I don't, I also would be remiss. There's also like, there's like a, those uh, pocket squirrels. The flying squirrels are there. Ah, sugar gliders. Sugar gliders. There is like chameleons and uh, uh, some other lizards. There's all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. It's a, uh, it's, it's a blast, man. It's really cool. But <laughs> while we're trying to get the music pulled out, we'll figure out how to put that in let's, here. Let's see. Oh, I think I'd have to share my screen with audio. Probably. Oh, let's do that. Let me see if I could get it going right here. Yeah, I'm not hearing that in the headphones. I'm hearing something. That's the thing that's from the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. If it's worth it to hear baby metal the first time, we'll figure it out. I think if yeah, if Troy were to share his screen, it would probably come through Zoom into the mixer. Let's give it yeah. a shot. Let's see. We're figuring this out as we go. Real time. We've never had to listen to baby metal on on stream before. This should work. There we go. From the stop, you got to start from the top because they got the epic. They got the epic intros. Seventy-two million plays. That's not too shabby. Oh yeah. Wow. People know about baby metal. Nice. Makes me want to get in the middle of the pit. So I like this 1,000 times more than I thought I would. <laughs> So good, right? Yeah. So good. It's actually very cool. Yeah. 
like dude, that show is going to just go hard at the Fillmore. Did you say they're, they're Japanese? They're Japanese, it's, yeah. It's giving like, I don't know if I can say this word on air, but it's giving like metal meets like pussy riot nice like yeah yeah yeah. absolutely no i love it It, because they have all the the angst and and aggression of like really thrash metal but it's nice and balanced out by like this cool pop sensibility i want to see all my diminished minor sevenths going straight into major chords let's go that's what i'm talking about anyway shout out to baby Mm -hmm. metal and we figured out how to bring music into here that'll be cool okay i'm gonna keep it going so Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Comedy Works South is Steve Simone. I don't know if you guys know him, but he's wonderful. He's I, I liked probably what be described as the most dirty comedy known to man. It, like if you could get as far onto the spectrum of like crass, vulgar comedy, I think that stuff's hilarious. Steve Simone is a totally wholesome guy. He likes to talk about family. He likes to talk about like his relationships with his dad. I mean, he's a very sweet guy, and I love his comedy, too. So definitely go check that out if he's not sold out already. Last one is for our old-timers. And I say that with all due respect, but I know old-timers aren't going to baby metal. they probably already seen enough owls, so I got something for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> History and Headlines is a walk through Georgetown, Colorado, which is on Sunday at 10 a.m. up in Georgetown. I'm sure they're going to be talking about the... Uh, the storied uh, mining history of that valley, whether it's gold or silver. I mean, they're still mining up there. And of course, they have the gorgeous railroad. Check that out. History and headlines. Georgetown Sunday at 10 a.m. Olivia, I'm going to pass it over to you. What do you got for this week? Right on. Um, This is not the order that I planned on going. But since we just talked about baby metal, I feel inclined to talk about the art crawl at the Clifford Still Museum. Nice. Never really thought about babies because I don't want them, but I recently had some good friends of mine have a baby and I'm an aunt now. And I'm thinking a lot more about that experience of being like a young parent. And I found this event at the Clifford Still Museum that is for parents. Um, it's it's only like 45 minutes long because it's for babies. So they're, you know, being reasonable and about their expectations there. But um, it's basically Clifford Still Museum crawl through. It's only for babies, newborn to 14 months and their caregivers. And they're literally going to crawl through the Clifford Still (laughs) Museum and learn about art. So whether you're a parent who really wants to go see the Clifford Still Museum and you haven't had the chance because your baby's screaming, or you've already decided that your baby is going to be an aesthete and you're going to go teach them about abstract expressionism, you choose uh, this Saturday, that's September 30th. You can do that at the Clifford Still Museum. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it's free entry as well. Uh, my next one is the Cowboy Exhibition is opening at MCA Denver. And I feel like we've seen, you know, I've heard people call it like the Western trend, but like cowboy imagery is cropping up in a lot of different parts of culture right now. And it's like, it's already iconic, but then it's also really modern, like relevant in a modern way. So the goal of this exhibit is to kind of reframe, challenge, revise the image of the cowboy. And um, they've got 27 different artists represented, including Asian American artists, Latina artists, and Native artists, talking about the narrative that like being a cowboy is not just white. It's not, it's not just a white history. And Never has of, been, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of times we represent it that way. And so this is like really diversifying that image and opening up that conversation, but then also trying to bring um, like creative imagination to it. 
So excited about that. I feel like it's culturally relevant, but also really educational. And then this last one is called Black to the Future, the Museum of Boulder. And this is the opening reception for their new exhibit called Proclaiming Colorado's Black History. So this exhibition um, is helping provide an inclusive understanding of our state's history by talking about the stories of black Coloradans who have lived here for the past two centuries and the contributions they've made. And um, this opening ceremony is going to be really cool. You can go view the exhibition. There's going to be a lecture by a gentleman named Adam Bradley, who's a scholar, a writer, um, a critic. And he's, I mean, he's worked with the New York Times, the Smithsonian uh, Museum of African-American um, Culture, the Grammy Museum, National Park Service. He's like a really exciting person to hear talk about this subject. And then they're going to close it down with JJ Brown's raw soul groove band. So nice. looking forward to that, um, opening ceremony coming up also this Saturday, the 30th. So if you didn't take your baby to the Clifford still museum, maybe you can jump on down to Boulder. Nice. Um, yeah. Good choices. This babies, cowboys, and black history, uh, it, the babies too, it just reminded me of like, it seems like you could probably race these babies too. Oh yeah. If we're like putting babies on the ground to crawl, there's probably got to be a starting line and a finish line. Absolutely. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> we're talking about baby metal. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good soundtrack. To racing babies? Yeah. Like Japanese <laughs> pop metal? Yeah. That's what I would love. It's all coming to. together. I love it. I would also love to hear... Um, Cowboys take on this amazing MCA uh, exhibition. They'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, yeah. like I'm right. just doing my job. I don't know. Cool. Don't know. Uh, whatever. <laughs> You're going to be crawling through there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do not bring your babies to the cowboy exhibit. It's not for them. <laughs> just kidding. All right. That's all for me. Very art heavy week. What have you got, Tom? Um, this weekend, I got a couple events. First one is going to be not your average nineties house party, which happens at Briar common brewery. Um, they're going to have all the stuff that you want out of a nineties house party. This is their seventh time doing it. Apparently seventh anniversary bash. Um, they're going to be releasing a new seltzer from their brewery. They got rooftop beer pong, um, DJ Stonehenge. That's S T O N E H E N J. Nice. DJ Stonehenge throwing it back and taking requests. Um, 90s costume contests. They're going to be doing best individual, best couples, and best groups. They got flip cup. They got jello shots. They got raffles. It's going to be it's going to be a good time. That's from five to nine p.m. on Saturday at Briar Briar Common Brewery. <laughs> okay. Um, and then after that, we have um, the cinema at sunset. They're playing Boys in the Hood. That's Sweet. also going nice. to be on Saturday at 6 p.m. So this is the it's, the location is just called the grass area. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's at 2812 Welton Street, which is like five points, like close to Curtis Park. Um, but it's a great event. It's a BYOCB, bring your own chair and blanket event is what they have on here. <laughs> um, but it's a great way to support black owned businesses. Um, it says here that the event, uh, the property site is black owned, 
food trucks are all black owned and the event parent, uh, planners are all black owned as well. So come watch Boys in the Hood, support black cinema, black owned business, black owned everything because that is super dope. So yeah, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds super That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. They're gonna have a big projector up in the in the grass at the grass area. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. That's, a, that's how you know it's a real neighborhood type event because they're like, you know, the grass area. And then everyone's like, yeah, I got it. I'll be there. Yeah, it's like I'll I bring know my chair. <laughs> yeah. They also are like BYOCB, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, bring your obviously. Trying to like it. Also, it's Boys in the Hood, which is good to watch at any time. Um, Red Rocks this week tonight, Lainey Wilson with support from Flatland Calvary and Jake Worthington. Wednesday and Thursday, you got... Tyler Childers, 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 Tyler Childers. I mean, I don't know all these people all the time, but, you know, I do know Big Gigantic, and that's going to be on Friday and Saturday. There's a whole big lineup of different people. Rekno, Bijou, Jason Leach, Memba, Wave Dash, Align. They're doing Rowdy Town. That's That was the first uh, Red Rock show that I ever went to back in the day. Um, my first year, freshman year at CSU. So we got the uh, the Chiba Hut bus to show. Do you guys know I what that is? I have taken the Chiba Hut bus to show before. Yeah, so you go meet up at Chiba Hut. They try to get you to buy sandwiches, but really everyone's late, so they're just shoving you onto this usually school bus. <laughs> yeah. And then you get taken up to Red Rocks, and then they take you back to that same Chiba Hut later on. And it's kind of, I mean, it goes without saying, but it's kind of like a no-rules bus. As soon as it pulls away, the drinks start flowing. <laughs> sorry, sorry if I'm blowing up your spot, Chiba Hut. But I used to work at Chiba Hut in college, and we definitely failed a sting. Like Chiba Hut is not under the radar with their behaviors. <laughs> and nobody, I didn't think nobody they were thinks that Chiba Hut's, you know, following any rules. Yeah, exactly. So, um, anyway, Saturday also they're still doing the Snow Shape Winter Fitness every week on Saturdays at 8 a.m. I'm still not going, but but it looks pretty cool. Uh, winter winter sports fitness classes going on at Red Rock. So get your stair workouts in. Sunday, I wish I was going to be here, but FKJ on the rocks, um, 6.30 p.m. That's going to be super sweet. That's going to be cool. Also, um, the next day, Monday, little bonus, Masego. So you know nice. that they're probably both going to both shows. Like if you know who FKJ is and you know who Masego is. They're going to collab always, for sure. Yeah, they collab all the time. So if FKJ has Sunday night and Masego has Monday night, they're both going to be at both shows. Totally. Yeah. 100% no guaranteed. But the Monday is um, Masego and Hi- Hiatus Coyote. So that sounds Hiatus Coyote is epic. Shout out, Troy. Yep. That yep. sounds dope. I would love to be there for that. Troy, you got to come see a Red Rock show. I don't know if you've ever been out to that. I never event, have. I never have, but I will. Guaranteed. I know a bunch of my friends are going to FKJ. I'm actually I'm going to be out of town this weekend, so I'm not going to make it. But I've always wanted to see FKJ live, and Red Rocks would be the place to do it. And then hit hit Masego and Hiatus Coyote the next day. Mm. Also, Maria I'm, the Scientist opening opening that up. Oh, uh, nice! It's a stacked uh, stacked weekend weekend this week at Red Rocks. For Big sure. time. Those the Tyler Childers uh, shows are going to be absolutely extraordinary too. Tom, I, you probably heard that song. the The big hit was uh, "Little Feathered Indians." He's like a he's like a singer songwriter, mm. kind of a country 
country guy. You know this guy? Um, I'm not a huge fan, but uh, one of the girls who works at Kitcaster has been going off. So yeah. I've learned a lot <laughs> in the last week about him. Really? He's he's awesome. His story, his trajectory. I think this ties into kind of what you're saying, like like cowboy country western stuff's kind of having a cultural moment because a lot of these guys, mm-hmm. these kind of alt country guys, are just like skyrocketing. This guy went from pay, playing you know three hundred dollars shows at a at a bar to p- selling out Red Rocks two nights in like eighteen months. And wow. talk about, I mean, if we're looking at like how the movement has kind of also modernized, like new incarnations, like Orville Peck is something else. He's more crooner, but he definitely has taken the like cowboy image and done something completely new with it. Totally. Yeah. You know, Sturgill Simpson probably started that whole trend too, singing about DMT and psilocybin in country songs. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. yeah. I love it. it yeah. I, I think it's, it's really cool. Particularly I see it with my kids, you know, where their playlists, I mean, uh, when, when I was a kid, it was like, you chose a camp and every camp had a music, you know what I mean? So like, are you the, the Hesher guy? Are you the hip hop guy? Are you the skater guy? Are you the country guy? Mm-hmm. And definitely there was no cross pollination there, but now kids, I mean, Spotify, everything's singles based and everything's playlist. Everything's from an app. They're just like, Oh yeah. Country is great. And the country artists have to love it, you know, because they have such a big audience now because people are just like ready for, for a good song. And I think that's what Tyler Childers really proved is that like, man, there's still room for great songwriting, you know, that if you have an undeniable killer song, like it's going to rise to the top, even though there's what, two, mm-hmm. 200 million songs loaded up to Spotify a day, something no like doubt. that. Yeah. But a, a good song will still cut through. Bajillion songs. Also, yeah, I, I mean, let me know how everyone feels about the Red Rock schedule thing. I think that it keeps us talking about the newest, hottest stuff around right now, because obviously Red Rocks is the venue for that. But keep in mind, there's also other really good venues in Denver. Mission Ballroom is the next big thing, I would say. It might even have more people than Red Rocks. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's, they're pretty close. I mean, they've been getting such big shows, too, I feel like. And they're very central, which is so much more convenient than Red Rocks. Yeah, it is. And honestly, I love it inside there. It's like the best acoustics in town. Um, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at Mission this week, uh, Postal Service, uh, Death Cab for Cutie hey, coming uh, through. And... Friday Parkway Drive. I don't know who that is, unfortunately. Um, Saturday, old metal Charlotte band. DeWitt. I love them. You know them, Troy? They're like an old metal, like kind of hardcore metal band from like the mid to early 2000s. Nice. I used well, to listen they're to still selling out Mission, it looks like. so. Nice. You would recognize their song if, if you heard it. You would know it for nice. sure. Charlotte DeWitt on Saturday. She's huge right now. Yeah, other... Other really big names on this uh, mission list. Macklemore, Grizz the week after. So next week, Grizz is doing a tour of uh, Denver venues to to shut down his... uh, He's going on a little hiatus for the time being. So he's doing a... um, God, what's the one that... uh, He's doing a Levitt show. Cool. So free show at Levitt. And then he's going over to Fillmore, doing a show at like 6.30 p.m., and then he's going to mission starting there at nine. So it's like one day, all three Wowza. dope venues. That's cool. Denver's about to go into a depression. <laughs> no and, then he's, and then he's going into hiding. Oh, yeah. All that stuff sold out instantly. Yeah. So yeah. everyone just drained their bank accounts into that. <laughs> but yeah, lots of, lots of big names at uh, mission as well. So don't think that Red Rocks is the only place to uh, see big names in Denver. There's plenty of good spots. Mission. You got Fillmore, Ogden, 
people are all coming through all those big places. Levitt, Ball Arena, that's like the actual biggest thing. Mm. Yeah. That's where you're like Post Malone's and Ed Sheeran's and T-Swift's are going. If you got pyrotechnics and you got backup dancers, you'll be at the ball arena. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No doubt. But uh, that's it anyway for me. Cool. Should we, let's run into our feature. Let's do it. Let's do it. So our feature this week is local heroes. So the four of us all picked out local heroes um, of people we wanted to give their flowers to. And I'm super stoked about this. So let's start with Troy. Troy is picking out a local hero because he is the San Diego sea lion. He's going to be (laughs) largely. (laughs) Dude, tell me if I'm going overboard with these stupid nicknames. No, I love it. (laughs) Nice pun there. Sea lion overboard. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, let's start with you, my friend. Yeah. So um, the local hero from San Diego that I chose, um, I'm just going to refer to him as Derek from Winal Club. I actually don't know his last name, um, but essentially he's this really cool dude who has put together this event slash community. I think he started it about two years ago and Basically, what it is, is it's kind of a hangout at the park, um, different various park locations around San Diego where people get together and there's music. Um, essentially, what it is, it's called Vinyl Club. So it's it's vinyl and wine and there'll be, you know, different vendors and music. And it's just a really cool kind of community that he started in San Diego. And it's something that like we don't really have the there isn't like a huge um, music scene like this in San Diego. And it's kind of a community that he started and it's, I've been to a couple of them and it's just really cool. Like it's people get together, families, friends, like people bring their babies, their dogs. And it's just like a really cool place every Wednesday where, you know, you get off work, you can go hang out and kind of just decompress, hang out, listen to some music, have some wine. And it's just such a cool event. Um, and he started it two years ago, literally with an easy up and a record player. And I went to one, like one of the first ones and there was like 20 people there. Now he gets like 300 to 400 people, um, at each one and it's completely free. He doesn't charge anything. It's just, um, kind of him giving back to the community and creating a place where people can come hang out, listen to music, have a good time and, um, you know, not stress about everyday activities so he's he's my local hero selection i do need to figure out his last name i've met him before (laughs) but uh for now we're going to refer to him as derek from winal club i like the air of mystery though yeah yeah derek yeah derek Derek. really cool dude though (laughs) it's the breath of the end (laughs) (laughs) dude what an awesome event that's so cool super cool yeah if you're ever in san diego check it out yeah, I would love if we had something like that here. I think that is I also really like the like picnic culture of kind of hanging out outside together. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was imagining a, like a really kind of pinkies up sophisticated event. And I go to this Instagram and immediately there's a guy with a box of wine just pouring it into his mouth. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Slap oh, yeah. good. There's my people. <laughs> yeah. It's what's cool about it, too, is you get. I mean, the diversity and range of people there, like it's like everyone's there and everyone's hanging out together like there'll be babies like, and then there'll be just like, you know, anyone you can think of. It's just, it's really cool. And uh, yeah, the park rangers actually let it like slide, even though like technically you're not supposed to have like 
wine or glass at the park, they let it slide just because it's like, it's just a great, it's a good thing for the community for sure. That's yeah, awesome. That's always cool. Nice, Troy. Cool. Who, uh, who wants to share theirs next? That's you. You go. Great. Fabulous. So I want to talk about Steph Francis, who is a community leader in Denver. Um, she's done a lot of notable stuff. Like she's a foster parent. She co-designed a course called Facing Whiteness, which helps white people confront their internalized biases. She's done a lot of different stuff, but um, the most notable thing she's done in our community is start Prodigy Coffee. So this is a place that started in 2015. They have two locations now, one in Globeville and one on 40th in Colorado, about 10 minutes from our office in Rhino, which I actually went to this morning. And what this is is a nonprofit social enterprise. So they employ what they call apprentices. People enter these apprenticeships. They're generally young adults who are either disconnected or marginalized, have struggled in traditional school and work environments. And it's kind of built on the idea of prodigy. So the idea of like a young person who's endowed with exceptional abilities, but the idea that like they're already in our community and they just need to be given the right tools in order to like be our community's next leaders. And so these apprenticeships um, teach about exceptional coffee. Fundamentally, I will say like the latte I had there, they've won a lot of awards for just quality. Um, And then the tenants of running a community-driven business. So they have programmatic goals like developing professional aptitude, personal growth, and mental health. They are paid in addition to, you know, working there. They're paid to take classes, coaching, and therapy. So this is all around wellness, reconnecting these disconnected youth to our community and preparing them by the end of their apprenticeship to go out and not only understand community-based organizations and businesses, but be able to enter the workforce in a way that they probably couldn't have been before. Hmm. So um, they have had in the time that it's been running 250 completed apprenticeships, 250 youth have gone through and it's an 85% completion rate, which when you think about mm. the fact that this is a demographic that has struggled to finish school usually in a traditional environment and to keep a job and that 85% of people who go into this program are able to complete it and come out with skills, um, it's it's really incredible. And just the, I mean, the vibe there is awesome. So the, the one on 40th in Colorado, it's a redone vehicle service station. So you have rows of garage doors on both sides. Cool. It's super bright and airy because of that. They're playing cool music. They have really lived their values top to bottom. Like they have a community meeting space that's free. So it's like if you're trying to, you know, do work in your community and bring people together, you don't have to, you know, pay to do that there. Um, The other reason that I want to celebrate Steph is not only did she do create this, which she's stepping down from being executive director after eight years Um, And it's still going to sustain itself, right? That's success. Like this is economically sustaining itself. But she's also spoken a lot about creating a blueprint for other social enterprises, what that looks like and why it's important and why it works. And so there's a really great article that I read in 5280 where she, um, I'm going to read a quote from her if that's all right with y'all. She says, well, making a profit is still important. The stakeholder approach suggests that a company's real success, she focused on stakeholder over shareholder. 
company's real success and profitability lies in satisfying a variety of stakeholders, not just the, those who own the company. It's a matter of playing the long game and recognizing that if your company has a positive impact on the world, it's more likely to thrive. So essentially partaking in equity, not just because we're ticking boxes and optics, but because it feeds your community in a lasting way and it makes businesses that work. It makes money. Yeah, it makes money. Yeah. Like you yeah. want to make money and do the right thing. Take care of your people on a deep level. So I like actually got pretty emotional being in there today. Just so impressed with her. I think all my friends who work in social work really struggle with feeling ineffective. And it seems mm. like she understands the big picture and the little picture in terms of like impacting individuals' lives, but also understanding how to make an economic system that is like lasting and works. Yeah. So shout out Steph Francis. Um, you're doing great stuff for our community and go to Prodigy, get a torta, get a coffee, hang out. I'm going to go. I love mm. that. I love the apprenticeship like model too. Yes. We don't really have that in the States like they do in Europe. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I, like in, in Switzerland, like if you wanted to become a flower arranger, you know, that's like a three-year process of yeah. apprenticeships and learning, looking over the shoulder, being corrected. Like that's really important, not only because uh, it, you, you teach the necessary skills, but like a lot of the, the intangible stuff of like creating a professional demeanor and the proper language and like yeah. like the, the, the skills that go into it. I mean, here are the probably the, the closest I can think of is like, tattoo shops mm -hmm. like if you want to be a, a tattoo mm -hmm. artist like you're going to sweep the floors for a year you know yeah, and you're exactly. going to you're going to work up slow and i think that really works well you know america seemed to like really push this idea of college for everybody in all across the board which just didn't benefit some people you know yeah. like apprenticeships and skills particularly around entrepreneurship is super cool and if she can do like a, a social forward kind of progressive business model and it makes money that's how you get people to take notice absolutely and i think what you're saying is absolutely right i think that like the german system of kind of splitting people up in, at a young age into like an actual direction like if you're not going to college you know, let's find a placement for you that matches your skills and your aspirations. And I think it gets a reputation for being ruthless, but we're not taking care of anybody in their, our system. It's making sure that every person has an avenue. Yeah. And I think that's really cool and important. And a trade mm. and a craft. I mean, that's, I've always been uh, just an admirer of, of craftsmanship in general, even more so than art. Fine art sometimes to me, I mean, I'll be honest, Clifford still, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, but like, I'm more of like, if I see like a well, like I love the like um, Japanese, like uh, feudal Japanese pottery, you know, where you're looking at a bowl, you're like, God dang, they, somebody used that for 60 years. That's the stuff that gets me fired up is like a, a, an emphasis on craftsmanship because it doesn't rely on talent or any kind of story. It's like innate, mm -hmm. you know, I love that kind of stuff. So shout out to them. What, what, what a cool thing that she's doing. Nice. Tom, you want to go? What do you got? What are you featuring today? Sure. Yeah. So I I went more down like the legend route, like the Colorado legends. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of anything going on right now. But um I went with Buffalo Bill Cody, who is super OG dude from the um old Western era. I actually performed in a musical about him <laughs> and about uh were you one, sitting bull? One of his performers. No, I was oh. not chief sitting bull. I, this was my first show. I was more of like an extra. I had a couple smoking parts. <laughs> or you a tree. I wasn't a main, <laughs> a tree. I wasn't a main character in this one. I, I forget what my guy's name was. 
But anyway, that was a show called Annie Get Your Gun um, about one of his more notable performers. But um, he's a circus guy. So he he would travel with a big old West show. Um, he ran it. It was called the... Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Hold on a sec. Buffalo Bill Wild West show, right? Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. But... Rider for the Pony Express at age 15. No, that wasn't him. Anyway, yeah, the, it was the Wild West show, Buffalo Bills Wild West show. He served the Union in the Civil War um, when that was going on. So really, he he was through it all. But one of the things that he's really well known for is just like being a pretty good dude. So a lot of these old Western shows um, would depict like um, battles between Native Americans and cowboys and stuff in a way that wasn't as fair as as Buffalo Bill would do it. Like he would still, you know, have some some battles going on where like each side is looking rough or not looking so good. But he would actually employ real Native Americans to play themselves in his show. And um he was known for paying them the same wages as he paid um white men and women. Um he would treat them fairly. He would keep the families together on the trips and stuff. Um, and they regarded him as like treating them pretty fairly, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, I think it would be easy for him to not do that, but he um, is well known for also on top of that, supporting civil rights for Native Americans. He also supported rights for women, um, not only women within his shows, but just overall. And and he was a big proponent of just like treating everybody fairly. Um, So yeah, I mean, Although his uh, show might not have been the best depiction of those different groups, he is known for treating people pretty fairly. And I think a, a person in his position, well, it's true that a lot of other like showmen like that back in the day were not doing that. So yeah, uh, shouts out to Buffalo Bill. He's buried right up there. Yeah, Lookout Mountain. On Lookout Mountain, which, uh, well, that building's kind of blocking it, but <laughs> it's, it's right, a nice it's right place. There. But it is right there, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. His grave has a, a bunch of quartz crystals on top of it. It's yeah. it's neat, and you know, it is it, nice. It, it, everybody from that era is obviously kind of like uh, controversial if you look at it from the lens of now. Yeah, but, definitely. But if you do, if you if you say like, okay, he gave you know some absolute legendary um, indigenous people a way to to earn a living, but also to celebrate their culture and let them live because this is after kind of this is. Post Indian Wars, everyone's been put onto reservations, and he's like, "Hey, man, let's let's get after it. We can have some battles. We're gonna put on a good show. We're gonna make some money." Um, Black Elk, legendarily, also was a part of that troop. When uh, Buffalo Bill took, I think, a couple hundred Native Americans, Lakotas mostly, to Europe, and did a big show in Europe, and they were just—I mean—they were like superstars. You yeah, know, people yeah. were like, oh, my gosh. You're right. I forgot to mention that. So he he took his show and they toured Europe and all around uh, overseas. And he brought everybody and paid everybody. And they all became huge celebrities over there for the show. Totally. It's really cool. Super cool. There, and there, there's a great indigenous take on this. It's a it's an absolutely legendary book called Black Elk Speaks. Mm-hmm. And he was a he was a, a, a Cheyenne shaman from Colorado. Um but but he went over with Buffalo Bill to Europe and actually got like a terrible fever and thought he was going to die. And so like the, the 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 production left and they're basically like, well, I don't think Black Elk's going to make it. And I think it was like a German family 
obviously they couldn't speak the same language, like nursed him back to health. And there's this great account in that book of black elk spirit during like a fever dream, traveling all the way back over the, the, the uh, ocean across all the land and visiting like his mother and mm. saying like, mom, I'm going to die in this weird place. And she's like, no, you're not. You're going to work your way back. And so like his story, then he, he gets better and then has to find his way back to his, his home in Colorado from like, God knows Europe on a train or on trains and boats. Definitely. But. He has, he has some good quotes, uh, that, that I found from him too. Um, he, in support of not only native Americans, but women's rights and stuff. And from native Americans, he said that every Indian outbreak that I've ever known has resulted from a broken promise or a broken treaty by the American government. Yeah. Damn, so I'm sorry. That's, that's funny. Uh, and true. And um, and then for for women's rights, he's he's a big proponent of paying his women performers the same wages as male performers, or even more in some cases, like with Annie Oakley, who was that's who the play that I was in was about. Cool. She was a sharpshooter in his show, but um, he said, "Let's see, let's see, these fellows who pray or wait, sorry, these fellows who pray about the women taking their places make me laugh. If a woman can do the same work that a man can do." And just as well, she should have the same pay. So like back in the 1800s, he, <laughs> he's preaching and we're still facing these issues today. But it's Buffalo almost Bell like it's a handling. simple concept. Yeah, yeah it seems pretty normal. Exactly. Nailed it. Seems pretty right. <laughs> Plus, she, she was really good at shooting. So he's like, hey, 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 we got to keep Annie happy. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, if I don't speak for equality, Annie's going to get me. Yeah. She's going to drop on me. Oh, <laughs> Oh, nice. Right. Well, that's it about Buffalo Bill. Powerful. All right. Nice. I got one. I I want to do um, a local shout out to Louis Lees, he, a.k.a. Mestre Birinjela at the um, Capoeira, what is it? United Capoeira Association of Colorado. Um, I don't know if people know, but uh, Colorado has possibly one of the best Capoeira, um, I don't want to say scene, but like community in, in America, you know, it's probably Berkeley and then it's, it's Colorado, um, for people uninitiated to what, what Capoeira is. It, if, if you've been on first Friday down there on Santa Fe and you see all the people in white suits spinning around, kicking at each other and singing songs, that's Capoeira. I would say it's probably a mix between break dancing and like Taekwondo. So it's a Brazilian martial arts and dance tradition. That, that comes out of um, uh, the transatlantic slave trade, really from Brazil. It has roots that go all the way back. Um, you know, UCA has a, a lineage that goes back to that. So it's this, um, what's another way I could describe it? Or it, it's been described as like, like a fight for people that dance and a dance for dance people fighting. that fight. Yeah, it's like an improvised, choreographed dance almost. Like, yeah, it's really cool to watch. It's it's like the funnest thing you can possibly do. I think what it really is is it's a process to induce group flow. Like, if you understand flow state, which is just like when Michael Jordan's tongue starts hanging out of his mouth, like whatever state of mind he's in, this <laughs> is a, a state of group flow where everybody's together in what they call a holda, and it's a round circle, and you're playing instruments, drums, bells. Pandero, uh, beat and bow, you're, and you're singing. So like you have, when you're in there and you're kind of sparring 
with the other person. Like everybody is singing and chanting and clapping all around you. Mm -hmm. And it puts you into this almost like ecstatic mental, physical place. It's absolutely extraordinary. And on top of that, what's even better about it is the people that do it are awesome. Um, Lewis, I believe he's the director and shout out to, uh, Mestre, uh, Grillo Preto as well. He also runs the school. Um, but I'm giving, uh, Lewis Lease his, his flowers today, largely because of his kids program. So I've been training Capoeira probably six or seven years, but my kids have been doing it for more than 10. You know, I would drop the kids off and, and kind of chop it up with Lewis. And he's always trying to get me out there. I'm like, nah, man, I'm just a player. Man. I don't, I don't have time for multiple things until finally broke me down and got me into it. Um, but it was a great home for my kids to, to learn movement and to get stronger. And for selfish reasons, I didn't get my kids into Little League when they are kids. You know, I don't know if you've ever sat through a seven-year-old's t-ball game in July, but you literally want to kill yourself. You know what I'm saying? I can't, I don't have time for that. It's my whole Sunday. So rather with the kids program, you know, you can give them an opportunity for like 75 minutes of training, three days a week. Um, and they're, they, they learn the basis of what is now called movement culture. Um, there's a whole school that launched by Ido Portal, perhaps you guys know it. There's like movement centers in Denver. Um, but really what they're doing is a mix of jujitsu and capoeira just slowed down, mm. you know, to really study the poses and postures. Um, capoeira ended up being an extraordinary base for my kids and their, their, athletic careers. You know, now, you know, my son plays football, he runs track, he does wrestling. My daughter does basketball, plays football, runs track. And they're, they're great athletes, largely because of the physical nature of Capoeira and just the balance and, uh, and really the movement mobility. You know, growing up as I did, kind of a meathead, like lifting weights with bad form and not wanting to do cardio and doing everything half-assed just because I could throw and catch. You know, I wasn't, I, you could just you tell. move. <laughs> yeah, I could. Lose your agility doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, it's taken me now 20 years to try and get it back through movement and yoga and stuff like that, where it's already built into them because of this kids program that, that Lewis has put together. So not only is he, like, a, a cultural, like, uh, torchbearer, like, literally, like, being a, a mestre in Capoeira is no joke. That means that you have dedicated your life. You've got over 20 years uh, of practice in it. The dude is amazing physically. He's, 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 he's great. But also, I think he has a, a master's in social work. And he, the way that he decided to express his social work, and Lewis, I'm not putting words in your mouth, um, was through Capoeira and through the the exposition and celebration of Capoeira culture in a very traditional means. Like he's, he's a, a stickler, you know, you learn Portuguese while you're there. You learn to sing in Portuguese, you learn all the musical instruments. Um, and so he really uses his position and the school as to be an ambassador to a lot of kids in, in the community that wouldn't have the opportunity to come train. It's not easy or it's not a uh, cheap train in martial arts. Mm. You know what I mean? But he's, he's done the best he can to make sure that it's available for everybody. Um, and the kids program really is central to that. If I was to think about it, I know he has a big heart and he, he wants to do good in community for kids, but I think he's probably just trying to train an army. And there's no better way to get like a really talented capoeirista than to start them when they're five. Um, so, so Lewis and the whole school, uh, Grillo, uh, absolutely fantastic. I encourage anybody to go check it out. 
you know, it is this really very rare situation where, because this is a traditional martial arts school. So it's martial, which means that they have tri tried and true uh, traditions and it's uh, conservative in that nature. But also they've done everything they possibly can to really make it an open and safe space for absolutely everybody. And so you get just a slice of, of everybody um, with Capoeira. And on top of that, you get kind of like, you know, my people, the weirdos, you know, mm -hmm. the people that don't fit in in traditional sports, the people that don't fit in in traditional gyms or whatever. They want to they're looking for something else. So that's the place you can go check them out. UCAColorado.com. Lewis, I love you, buddy. Thank you for what you do. And that's our features for the week. Sweet. Cool. Awesome. All right. We, yeah. Thanks, Troy. We got a couple of uh, minutes left. Let's just let's run through highlights really quick. Troy, let's let's start with you, buddy. What was uh, what was the uh, highlight of your week this week? Yeah. Um, so I keep plugging vinyl um, activities and events because uh, they're super cool. So here goes another one <laughs> that I did on uh, Friday night. I went to a place called Part Time Part Time Lover Hi Fi Listening Bar. And it's a super cool um, listing bar. It's uh, it's actually owned by a company called Consortium Holdings, which um, is a social and culinary collective that just owns a bunch of different restaurants and bars uh, throughout San Diego. They might be expanding to other cities now too, but every, all of their places are super, super cool. Like they're known for their crazy architecture and interior design, like that's like what they're known for. And um, yeah, uh, part-time lovers, super cool. There's actually a record sh record store inside the bar called uh, Folk Art Rare Records. So while you're in there listing music, you can go in the record store and browse. And it's just a super cool place, super good drinks. And um, yeah, super, super cool place to hang out on Friday night. One of my favorites. And that was that was my highlight of the weekend. Uh, every time I go in there, it's always always a good time, for sure. That's cool. Uh, they got reel to reel players here. I'm looking at this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, awesome. it yeah. sounds super cool. It sounds super dangerous to have a record store. Like you're feeling it, you're listening, you're getting a little <laughs> bit drunk, and the next oh, day you is. have ten rare records. <laughs> yeah. It is. They're all they're all slightly like above market price too, because they know that you know people have had a drink or two and they're willing to spend a little more than they usually would. So you got to be very careful in there for sure. This place looks they're willing so to grab sick. something. The one drink to five record pipeline. <laughs> the drinks there are strong. They're very strong too. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I actually ended up at a vinyl set on Friday or might've been Thursday. I don't know. There was an open decks and some guy brought his full setup because with the open decks, they usually got like, digital like they got cdjs and stuff over there but he bought his full setup uh so that he could do the open decks with his vinyl and he was killing it and i actually i ended up texting ryan while i was there because i wanted to find out the name of that uh place that you like ryan and he had never heard of it i was like how do you not know about this yeah it's like you gotta be there cool so he checked he's gonna check it out that's awesome nice. yeah man i'm really nice. hoping that these hi-fi things are it seems like they're popping up now yeah, I was going to say it sounds so close to what ESP, ESP is. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's um, the pictures of this on Instagram are ridiculous, man. Holy cow. Hmm. Yeah, that group consortium holdings, like all every restaurant slash bar they have is just like out of control. They're just like they go over the top with everything. Cool. Nice. The lighting is like perfect. 
lamps, cocktails, vinyl records. I'm coming to San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) We're going. (laughs) Nice. What about you, Tom? I actually, I will go with that open decks. Um, It's on South Broadway. It happens every Thursday at the Roxy. They get like, I think they get like 20 slots worth of uh, availability. I actually got there like 30 minutes after it started and it was all filled up. I didn't even get to play there. Dang. But um, still super cool. They got the upstairs, which is more of like a normal bar type stage area. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Roxy, but then downstairs, it's like a speakeasy lounge uh, where they set up, do a whole nother setup down there to have, you know, double the amount of people getting the chance to spin over there. And it's super fun. Like people are just trying things out, messing around. For some people, maybe it's the first time they've played in front of everybody. So it's all exciting for a lot of people. And it's just always good vibes over there. People are down to listen to whatever music uh, you want to play. So that's yeah. cool. And they're doing vinyl sets or? Well, that guy, um, him and a guy who went after them, they bought their vinyl stuff. Cool. So like set up as like CDJs and, and Pioneer stuff, but they bought their own. Um, like crates. vinyl mixing setup. Yeah, they bought their <laughs> crates, cool. but they bought their they bought their decks as well because you can't just throw vinyls on a CDJ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they had to bring all their stuff. They set it all up and it was great though. So yeah, definitely check that out. Roxy on South Broadway. It's every Thursday at six, I think. Six or six thirty. Cool. cool. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Olivia, what you got? Uh, mine is not a place that you can go. I played D and D for the first time ever, which I feel like has been coming for my entire life. I've always been really curious about it. It like, I've heard a lot of different lore, a lot of different perspectives on it. So it was cool to finally do it. And honestly, I didn't expect it to be so comedy focused. I think it has a lot to do with like the folks I was playing with are just really funny people, but it's just like everybody's character was like hysterical from the jump, the way that people (laughs) are interacting with each other, the things they're choosing to do. It was just like two hours of improv comedy, honestly. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sold. I'm looking forward to doing it again. That's awesome. What did you build the character? I did. Cool. Yeah. She, um, I, I got the vibe that it was going to be a kind of a, a comedic group. So I did, uh, my character is a Goliath, but she thinks she's a fairy. So she has like body dysmorphia. Um, so it's like, it's a, Radical. it's a, yeah, it's a constant thing that like she interacts with people and then she like kicks their asses because she's giant, but doesn't know it. She is, So she'll try to like give somebody like a tap on the shoulder and she just like knocks them out. Um, so I'm having a ton of fun with it. Nice. I, yeah. It's a great way to spend a night. What about you? Cool. Now, um, I, I gave a shout out to Charlie Tuna and Cut Chemist at Levitt Pavilion last week. I did go to that show. It was really cool. My kids were at homecoming, so I just kind of slipped out, went to Levitt. I, I just love that place. I mean, it's free. Most of the shows are free. It's so fun. I mean, you just kind of chill and hang out. Everyone's cool. You know, I'm going to security and I had just jean jacket on and he... You know, the lady was like, is there anything I should check in your jacket? I was like, no. She's like, cool, have fun. I was like, this is great security. Oh, <laughs> great. Good to know. What's in your pockets, uh, yeah, sir? Absolutely nothing. Like, okay, it sounds good to me. Go ahead. Um, but just great energy, great vibe. Charlie Tune and Cut Ket- Chemist absolutely killed it. Um, it was nice to see. I mean, you know, they look great, but they look 30 pounds overweight, which made me feel a little bit better about myself, you know? So our extra large brothers are out here, like, doing it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so although they're they're aging gracefully, they still absolutely just shredded it. It was awesome. The the openers, I think, were Stay Tuned, which was a uh, I knew a couple of those guys. Main Rock for one is a great Denver MC. They came out and brought the B Boy Factory out. So there's all these kids break dancing on stage and stuff. Nice. It was just nice. It was just a really cool, um, wonderful fall evening in denver so that was that was, that was awesome shout out to andy thomas and levitt pavilion that place is absolutely amazing well i think that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen so let's leave it there nice. um i want to give thank you to our sponsor GoWildcast.com. please go check them out and tell them you came from here if you would like to subscribe to the show we are on apple Podcasts, we are on spotify and we are on YouTube. So please take the a moment, subscribe. If you could rate and review the show, it greatly helps with what we're trying to do with these algorithms out here in these interwebs. Um, that would be awesome. Anything else from you guys? That's it. That's, right. That's, That's it. it. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. And thank uh, What's good, Deborah? This has been a fun podcast today. Have a good day. Thank you.